Today, we ask one of the most fundamental questions of anyone's, well, of everyone's spiritual journey, and we begin this epic quest, oh my, on Facebook again. I tell you about some very old metal and my struggle to ride a bike. I get a gift that truly changes my life, and I ask myself, to what end? And we discover, as if we didn't know, that a hundred pounds of gold is worth a whole lot of money, all on the way to answering the question, does God have a plan for me? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. As you listen to this, I'm not in Atlanta. I am somewhere under the waters of the South China Sea. Well, maybe the South China Sea, maybe the Pacific Ocean. I'm really having a hard time figuring out where one ends and the other begins. But anyway, I'm scuba diving around the islands of Indonesia as you listen to this. If you have a chance and you'd like to, I'm going to try, if I have internet access on the boat, to post some pictures of the trip. So check out Sky Pilot Faith Quest on Facebook. And I'll be back in this podcaster's seat real soon. Now, as they say, on with the show. Okay, I will admit, I admit, I wind up mentioning Facebook on this podcast a lot. I don't want to go back and see how many times, but it feels like a lot. I fear that those of us who are people of faith often say things about faith to other people that we intend to be helpful, wise, insightful, life-changing, and yet those things frequently land with the very opposite effect of what we intended. I've been the recipient of some of these, many of these, and I've witnessed way too many people be on the receiving end of these as well, particularly when they don't land well. With the advent of social media, we have suddenly been presented with a medium that seems to offer, well, unlimited opportunity for people to share their unsolicited wisdom their scientific wisdom, their political wisdom, their thoughts on education, their thoughts on how people of different race, different culture, different orientation, different faith or gender could leave their lives more morally or wisely or intelligently, whatever. Oh, and of course, it offers us a never-ending canvas upon which to offer our thoughts about the simplicity of leading a God-focused life. Always seemingly posted on Facebook in a font that looks like handwriting placed on a lightly pasteled color photo of a sunrise or a sunset. I can't really tell. Don't know why that's always the format and why it's so popular, but that generally tends to be the way they're posted. So I'm scrolling through Facebook again recently, and I see a post. It admonishes the reader on the futile nature of worrying. Worrying and trying to take control of one's own life. Instead, it has a simple plan. Just Quit trying to figure things out. Trust God. Yep, that's it. Quit making a plan and worrying about what you should do with your life. Quit trying to be in the driver's seat of your own car, so to speak, and just let go and let God, as they say, and trust that God has a plan. Now, the teaching here is clear. We've been given a gift called life, and we need to let go of controlling and planning and trying to steer the car again. We need to just let God have the reins. Okay, let God have the steering wheel. 
Let God choose where this gift will take us. Now, does that make sense? Because if not, and I feel like some people are struggling, this story may help. When I was finally old enough to learn to ride a bike, I learned to ride on the very same bike that my older sister had because, well, because it was her bike. And to be fair, I'm pretty sure this bike was not original with her. This bike was old. Really, really old. Remember those pictures you've seen of really old bikes? You know, the ones in black and white. The ones where men and women seem to have bicycle riding outfits, kind of dressy bicycle riding outfits to go for a ride. You know, the ones where the bicycles were made with a huge front wheel and a ridiculously small rear wheel. Well, yeah, you know, it wasn't one of those, but I'm pretty sure this bicycle was the first generation after those, the first generation they decided to make both wheels the same size. What I remember about this bike is that it was heavy, really, really heavy. I don't know if bikes have ever been used on the battlefield in war, but this one was designed to take a direct hit and survive. Everything about this bike left you with the impression that if you rode it into some sort of cataclysmic event, well, you probably wouldn't survive the experience, but you could take some comfort in the fact that the bike would survive anything that you did not. I later broke my collarbone while riding this bike. Well, that's not correct, obviously. I broke my collarbone while crashing, while falling off this bike. But have no fear, the bike was fine. A couple years later, my family moved from Nashville to Knoxville. The neighborhood from which we moved, the neighborhood in Nashville, was not really a bicycle neighborhood. But our new neighborhood in Knoxville was totally different. Every kid I knew there rode their bike to school. And if you had a play date at a friend's house, you rode your bike. And if you were meeting your friends at the neighborhood drugstore, you rode your bike. I played on the Little League team, and every single member of the team, except for me, rode a bike to practice and to the games. I didn't because my bike was too heavy to pedal up the hills. But they all rode their bikes to and from everything in the neighborhood. So my first Christmas in Knoxville, I came downstairs to discover a brand new bicycle sitting next to the tree. Without the slightest bit of hyperbole intended, as I say, this wasn't a toy. This wasn't even a Christmas present. This was life. This was mobility, freedom, choice. This was independence, all in the form of two wheels, two same-size wheels, sitting under the Christmas tree. So I knew that my parents had given me this gift, a gift that offered so much opportunity. So even at my young age, I thought long and hard about what I should do with this gift. What should I do first? And then I realized that I'd been given a great gift. I needed to trust that the givers of this gift, well, the givers had a plan. I should not be foolish enough to try to figure out what I wanted from this gift. This gift came with implied, I mean, it was unspoken. It was secret. It was unrevealed plan. I didn't know what it was, didn't have a clue, but I would quit trying to think about my future with a gift and I would let their plan reveal itself in its own due time. Okay, quick question. Were you able to notice the point at which this story went off the rails? The point at which it went from, well, being a true story to something that was not only not true, but just plain ridiculous? Now, let me just time out right here. Time out. If you are someone who believes that God has a complete plan for you, a complete plan for everyone else in the world, I should warn you, I should just advise you to turn this off right now, because what I'm about to say after this may be very troubling to you. Really, 
I mean it. I know you're still hanging around just to hear something that's going to upset you. Just let it go. Walk away and forget you ever started this podcast. Tell you what, go have a cookie. Here. Take a cookie. I promise by the time you're done eating it, you'll feel right as rain. Okay, I assume everybody who wants to stay is still here. When my parents gave me the new bicycle, they fully intended for it to lead me on new and exciting adventures. They fully expected me to venture forth and seek new life experiences. Oh, by the way, I broke my collarbone riding that bike too, but we just fixed the broken fork, gave me some time to heal, and I was off on new adventures. Wait, wait, I get the point of that story you might be asking, but, but, your childhood story about a bicycle doesn't trump the Bible. Doesn't the Bible have something to say, like, we should trust in God's plan? I mean, it's not like the Bible tells us that God is trusting in our plan, right? So in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells a story. There was a rich guy, I mean a really, really rich guy, and he discovered or decided, whichever it was, that he was going to go out of town for a while. So he brought together his servants, a couple of his servants, and he told them about the trip. Then he informed them that he was going to give some small portion to each of them of his wealth for which they would be responsible. Now, the amount was not measured in currency in the story that Jesus told, but in weight. Each of his servants was given their fraction of the estate over which to be responsible, and the owner, knowing his servants well, gave each of them, we are told, what he thought they could handle. So to one he gave 500 pounds of gold, to another he gave 300 pounds, and yet another he gave 100 pounds of gold. Now that's a lot of money. Not all that the owner had by any stretch of the imagination, but still it was a lot of money. 500 pounds of gold today is 14 to 15 million dollars. Everyone was getting millions and millions of dollars. When the man went away and then eventually returned, he discovered that the one to who had been given 500 pounds of gold had used his wisdom, his energy, he'd made a plan, and in turn, he'd earned an additional 500 pounds of gold. He doubled what he'd been given. The one who had 300 pounds likewise used his wisdom, and he'd made investments with the gold, and he too had doubled the money. But the one to whom had been given 100 pounds had decided he couldn't make decisions about what had been entrusted to him by the owner, so he buried the 100 pounds of gold, knowing that he would just trust in his employer's plan when he returned. Interestingly, after the story finishes, who does Jesus say received God's approval? Was it those who had taken the initiative, used the abilities they were given, and yet, and yet also risked what they were given? Or was it the guy wearing the let go and let God t-shirt, the one who decided to trust in God and leave all the decision-making to him? Look, both of our granddaughters love to draw, and so Sarah, who they call Gabba, loves to provide them with the materials they need when they're visiting our home. She keeps plenty of paper, markers, pencils, crayons around so they can use their talents to create. And not once, not once have I ever heard her tell them that they need to wait. They need to wait for her plan before they start to create. The fun for all of them is for them to receive what their grandmother has given them and then let her enjoy seeing what they do with the resources that she's provided. Now, 
If that's the love of a grandmother, how much more generous is the love of God? I think God creates the world every single day for us to make choices in. Not for us to wait to figure out what God wants specifically for our plan, not for us to wonder whether or not God wants us to turn left or right at an intersection, but for us to take the journey that we feel called to take and then on that journey to make the best choices we can. The fun for God is to get to see what we do with what God has given us. Wait, wait, wait. Here's a classic question. But doesn't God know everything? Isn't the script for every single person's life already written? So regardless of what we do, we are never more than players reading from a script that's been written by God. Okay, that is a common belief. And I have this to say about that. None of us can fully know the mind of God. All we can know is what God chooses to reveal to us. For those of us who are Christians, the ultimate revelation is found in the form of God's Son, Jesus. And here's what I gather from that bit of revelation. If God has written the script and there's no deviating from the choices that God has already made, then there, to me, is really no point in God taking flesh. The only reason I can figure out, the only reason that God would take flesh, as far as I can tell, is to make a really important point. The revelation of Jesus seems to say this to me. God says, look, I created you. I gave you life, but you're going to be making a lot of choices, your choices on this journey. And I just want you to have a little additional information so you can make informed choices. The whole nature of God revealing himself in Christ strongly implies that God wants us making our choices, not sitting around waiting for God to make those choices for us. Does God have a plan for you? Well, yes. God does, in the sense that a really good parent has a plan for their child. A really good parent tries to let their child know that they are gifted and that they are loved. Oh, and that the parent can't wait to see the wonderful things the child achieves on this adventure called life. So for me, there is comfort and relief in realizing that God isn't sitting around waiting to see if we can figure out the secret plan for our life that God has individually for each one of us. Here is God's plan. God wants you to know that you are a child of God. You are talented, capable, gifted. God sends you forth to do good in this world. That's kind of the plan, to make the creation a better place than you found it. And you know that God wants you to know this also, that God loves you, that God loves everyone. Now get out there into creation and make some great choices. That's all for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for SkyPilot FaithQuest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, my email address is dan at skypilot.zone. And on your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to SkyPilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty but that you keep asking questions.